0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today I have a special guest, my brother, John Frank, who is a physical therapist, lover of movement and athlete. And we get to geek out over anatomy and functional movement all the time. But today you get to peek in Um, our conversation we talk about the shoulder complex which is in fact quite complicated and if you want to know more about my opinions on shoulder movement in yoga practice you need to scooch on over and check out my new platform if you have not seen it yet my lit daily classes literally have new classes every day and I give a lot of instruction on how to help the shoulder be strong sustainable and adaptable in the ways that John and I talk about today. So enjoy the podcast and check out my new platform on Lit Daily Classes. Welcome to today's podcast. I have a special guest, my brother, John Frank, who has been on the podcast before and will be a regular. He is a physical therapist, movement specialist, and we like to geek out over anatomy and functional movement talk. So welcome, John.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. Again. (laughs) Again. We actually are re-recording this, to be honest, because we had this amazing, amazing talk and my mic was not turned on. And so John sounds incredible and maybe we'll have some footage of it, but hopefully we'll just redo it and do it even better now. So anyway, here we go. This is what happens. That won't ever happen again, though. Uh, That's the good thing about mistakes. (laughs) So, what we talk, what we're going to talk about, and what we talked about already is shoulder anatomy. And we actually talked for 40 minutes on it. It was all about how complex the shoulder is, and how so often we think of the shoulder as this very simple kind of construction. And when in fact, there's a lot that goes on with shoulder movement. And what I was asking John is what his thoughts are for. When he, see, when he sees people, what are the main complaints that people have with in their shoulders, in the physical therapy clinic to begin with?
1: Uh, so w- when they have a shoulder complaint, it's usually in the front of their shoulder, which would be the biceps tendon getting impinged. Um, and the supraspinatus tendon, which would be the top of the shoulder, kind of a pinching of one of the rotator cuff muscles. Now, when those structures are impinged, there can be different reasons why those are impinged. And so it's, you, you can't just treat everyone. They would never get a protocol treatment because they could be very different. They could be similar or it's kind of, you know, there's a whole spectrum of why someone is getting those impinged. But I would say 99% of the time, when you're talking about shoulder, kind of like, uh, it, my shoulder hurts. Um, it, it's from the uh, the front or the top of the shoulder. And then you have to kind of see why. Uh, one thing that's kind of uh, surprising to people is you don't strengthen. I never strengthen. The, uh, I rarely strengthen the muscle, the tendon that's getting impinged. Um, I, I look, why is it getting impinged? And it's usually something going on uh, with mechanics downstream or in the shoulder blade, moving in the rib cage, or even the ball moving in the socket itself. But I, I never just do a like a super spinatus or bicipital strengthening program. That's not going to do anything for the most part.
0: Right, right. So when you when you when the when that area has feel feels compressed or pinchy, and and people in yoga will experience this with overhead movement, they'll experience it like with weight bearing where is where is usually the focus of for rehabilitation or for strength for for a program to, to improve that
1: well so if you have pain reaching your arm overhead here are some common reasons uh, first of all you kind of break it up into uh, the shoulders made of Four joints. Um, uh, You got the sterno, uh, you got the main joint, the ball and socket. That's what people think of the shoulders, like the, uh, uh, you know, it's like a golf ball on the tee. So it's kind of a small socket and a big ball. You got the second main joint, the scapulothoracic joint, which is the rib cage is Mm -hmm. moving on the rib. I mean, the shoulder blade, Mm -hmm. scapula, shoulder blades moving on the rib cage. And then, what connects the shoulder blade to the kind of the to the rest of the body? So it's not just free floating because it's not really. Uh, it is the the clavicle that connects to the sternum as well as to the shoulder blade. So that's the acromioclavicular and sternoclavicular joint. For the most part, those aren't the problem. So I look at is the ball. How is the ball moving on the socket by itself? How is the shoulder blade moving on rib cage by itself, and how are they affecting each other? Um, so, um, so those are the things I look for. And there's all types of combinations of of you could have a shoulder blade problem, but the ball and socket itself is fine. And if you control the shoulder blade better and you move it better, then the symptoms go away. So that's uh, so it's, it's you have to look at
0: you have to look at the whole complex. And you I do. think people do. Tend to uh, reduce it. You know, we were talking about the importance of these scapula stabilizers, and one which is my most favorite muscle probably ever is the serratus anterior. Can you talk a little bit about that importance of what the serratus does and both for non weight bearing and weight bearing? Sure.
1: So, with non weight bearing, let's just say raising the arm overhead. The sh- basically, when you raise your arm overhead, ideally you have the arm uh, pointing up towards the ceiling. The, f- the hand uh, that's 180 degrees. That's a straight line. So when your arm's resting by the side, is pointing towards the floor. When this raise overhead, is a is that's 180 degrees. And ideally, you have it's made of uh, 60 degrees of the shoulder blade rotating upwards. On the rib cage, and 120 degrees of the arm bone, the humerus, moving on the shoulder blade, the scapula. So that's the ball and socket joint. So, so what I look for um, is, or what some common problems is the lack of the full upward rotation can be is almost is very common for almost everyone. Um, uh, then I look. Sometimes there can be also a problem with the the ball moving in the socket. Um, it's not. It's too tight. A little too weak. The to rotator cuff is. Um, but but those are the those are the. But the upward rotation of the shoulder blade. The lack thereof of it is a very is the most common problem I see.
0: Right, and that when you see that it that's like with when somebody brings their arm up. And it like almost looks like it gets kind of stuck. Yes. And then they can compensate. People have learned to compensate how to lift their arm all the way up. There's functional reasons they need to lift, get something off the top of a shelf or something, and so they figured out and compensated by either moving in the rib cage or shrugging up using their almost their like you said the deltoid or um, neck muscles. Um, But you can you can get a sense that it isn't a free mobile. Movement pattern and the serratus anterior. Like I think you were, um, you were referring to the upward rotation of the scapula. That upward rotation happens when the serratus um, pulls the the scapula or brings the scapula um, away from the midline of the back. So that is the action of protraction, and and that combined with the elevation of the upper trapezius helps with upward rotation of the scapula. Now. What'll happen in weight bearing is if people don't have the serratus firing well, that you'll see these the scapula pop up off the ribs, right? Yes, on the back, like if, in plank, and you see these. Um, it's called like fl- wing angel wings or chicken wings, or
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, this so serratus kind of uh, it, it connects to the uh, the undersurface of the shoulder blade near the spine so it's kind of hidden the main where it attaches is very hidden Um, it's uh, if you look at your body you look at the shoulder blade and you find the kind of edge of the shoulder blade closest to the spine then you have to go underneath so it's uh you have to dig underneath um it's 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 that's where it is so it's not so easily viewed or thought about and um it has all these different uh branches that branch out to the rib cage um, around your rib cage Um, so that's what that's that pulls the shoulder if you can think about those places uh, on the rib cage it goes up to like the fifth rib 12th to fifth rib and it pulls the shoulder blade up and around from those um those places on the ribs kind of soar in the front of your body so uh, they don't side. end up
0: popping the, the, the so it does it, it stays on the it stays on the back body as opposed to being pulled yeah, off because yeah. something underneath is pulling it in and that's you're right that's right yeah
1: that, yeah that that attachment to the to the uh to the inside of the shoulder blade both the inside by the spine as well as closest to the rib it keeps that shoulder blade flush on the rib cage ah, the, the rib yeah. cage is convex so it's like a uh it's kind of like a, a it's convex so it's rounded and the under surface of the shoulder blade is slightly concave so it's it's rounded the other way it's, it's kind of like the ball and socket joint in that way but it's you know so so what happens is you f- if the serratus is weak not only does it not keep the shoulder blade flush against the ribs it also doesn't the the shoulder blade doesn't start to travel around the rib cage and up Mm -hmm. and so um and and weight bearings is like coming down to a push up it you know gravity wants to pull your chest to the ground and pull the shoulder blades in if you don't didn't do anything, that's what gravity would do. Your shoulder blades would pinch in, and so the sh- the serratus does it slows it down and controls it. So no, not only does it contr- you know slows down that natural uh, reaction that gravity would pull the shoulder blades towards the spine, but it does it in such a way that it keeps again the shoulder blade flush. On, their, on the ribs so you won't feel you won't see that chicken wing or that kind of the uh, popping up popping yeah. up and so it is 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 very important for weight bearing non-weight bearing and i find that it's probably the most um overlooked and problematic muscle that people have for the shoulder
0: um Right. And so taking this into like looking at a plank for people that are practicing yoga, actually, and if you're just at the gym as well, but a lot of times uh, teachers will instruct, hey, protract or puff up between the shoulder blades and then relax and puff up. And, and that's really great for activating the serratus. But it's kind of simplistic if that's if you tell somebody to puff up between the shoulder blades and hold it there in a plank and then have them lower like that. Because that's not what the scapula or the serratus is supposed to do at that point. Like John said, its job at that point is to hold the scapula flush to the ribs and control the descent of your body toward the floor so that you don't go diving into your, you know, the ball, the, the humerus, that kind of nose dive that really doesn't look good and and it sh- certainly doesn't feel good. So it's fine to puff up between the shoulder blades and do that action. But then after you've done that, you want to find that neutral position of the scapula where it's flushed to the rib cage. And sometimes it helps if you, um, just pull back with your hands energetically just to feel the scapula on the ribs, but not to squeeze the scapula together at that point. So that's one action you want to do. And then if you feel that when you've, if you've been in the habit of shifting forward, which John and I both cringe at that, that, um, idea of coming into plank and then shifting forward, because you're inevitably, he'll explain this more, but you're inevitably going to, puts too much pressure on your um, shoulder structures and you're not able to use those muscles that we want to use at the scapula. Um, So if you're used to doing that, start off in plank and work your core and then lower the knees so that you're unloading some of your own body weight, your center of mass, and then practice decelerating and feeling where the scapula is on the rib cage and just kind of firming that just to give that um, sensorial impact into the serratus any other uh, you were talking about maybe using also things like your glutes yeah i mean one thing too is
1: uh what often happens is um people there there's uh what we call synergistic dominance so for instance people use the hamstrings to extend the hip instead of the glutes uh, and that leads to all types of stuff like hyperextension the knee and hip, possibly overuse of the lower back. So when pe- for these um serratus anterior, anterior, a lot of people overuse the um, pec minor, which is kind of a uh, synergist. In fact, in the sense that they both protract or pull the shoulder blades away from the spine. Unfortunately... Uh, the, the pec minor, if it's too dominant, what it will do is it'll, it'll, it will, will, will what we call it anteriorly tilt or tilt the front of the shoulder blade down and forward and the back of the shoulder blade up. Um, so so it's literally
0: like a, you're like teeter tottering over the humeral head. Yes. And And that's, that's a real strategy people use when they lower, like to all the way to the ground or chaturanga where they just dip in and then they really squeeze their elbows into their armpits because they're trying to use right. They're trying to the use pec minor. Any, yeah, they're pec trying major. to use it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I find that so kind of like uh, that. That tends to be you see someone with a weak serratus a lot of times a bit a very common problem with shoulders or a tight pec minor. It's a it's a muscle you think of the pec major you know the pecs you know uh, you know where that is the pec minor is a little muscle underneath the pec major attaches from the second to fourth rib cage and attaches directly. On the shoulder blade does not attach to the arm bone itself, but it's a very overused muscle for a lot of people. Not everyone, so everyone's an individual. So you have to look at the person. But often that will be used instead of the serratus. Um, uh, going, uh, shifting your weight forward. Uh, there's so many things that go wrong there. Um, you, you're. He's
0: talking about like from plank, shifting your toe. Like the the cue that I always point out we don't want to be giving as yoga teachers is coming to plank and then shifting forward so anyway go ahead it's problematic because yeah
1: yeah yeah. i mean if so you're there's a big muscle called latissimus dorsi you've probably heard of it but it goes from the back to the shoulder blade to the arm but when you bring your body forward uh the lat is helping to stabilize by squeezing the arms and and bringing the elbows back um and what that does is that pulls the shoulder blade down and the arm bone the head of the humerus goes up and forward in the socket because the shoulder blade is the socket's on the top of the shoulder blade so uh it's the head of the humerus again from almost all shoulder problems the head of the humerus is going that's not too far too far forward or too far up and and that will and also your hyper, what we call shoulder extension. So that means the the el- you're, you're actively lifting the elbows towards the ceiling as which well. Which is as-
0: what gives you that 90 degrees, which everybody's looking for. And that's actually not what you want. No, that's not healthy at no, all. No. And I just, I joke around. I always think like some um, seven-year-old came up with this this cue that everyone has just held on to and then passed on, and when people don't understand, they just like, "Hey, you want your elbows to be at ninety degrees and do whatever it takes." And people shred their shoulders doing this, and yeah. it really is something I'm I'm, I'm always going to speak up against because it's just, I think any physical therapist would look at that and just like, ah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's and you know, tight lats. So lats, a huge muscle, uh, is a very uh, that's another. I would say. Uh, a week's rate is tight latissimus dorsi if you if you look at anatomy chart you can see it's a it's an important muscle big, muscle big muscle
0: from the pelvis to the uh shoulder yeah. Um, yeah
1: but it can be a real enemy whenever i see someone uh with poor range of motion or also um just poor stability um uh the lats tend to be overactive and it throws the uh, alignment of the shoulder blade as well as the arm it has a connection it has a connection with half the people with the shoulder blade It connects with the arm be- uh and uh, wraps around the front uh of everyone so you'll find that like human body there's a lot of variety um so not every human is the same some people have Six lumbar vertebrae. Few people have four, most have five. So some lats or half the people is connected directly to the bottom angle of the shoulder blade. Now, even for those people who it doesn't connect directly to the shoulder blade, it it attaches to the arm bone with everyone, and that will pull the whole complex down. So, anyway, shoulder blade, I mean, latissima dorsi, very important muscle. Is when either it's too tight or you can't turn it off. A lot of times, the sh- you use the lat instead of the serratus, or you use the lat instead of the lower trapezius to stabilize the shoulder blade. So maybe it's, it's it would be fine. It's not so tight, um, but you're using it in the wrong manner, and so so. So,
0: what's a good um, exercise that would help people re-educate? not only working the serratus, but also to get that upward rotation of the scapula, but also to perhaps like turn down the latissimus.
1: Okay, well, yeah. So, I mean, a good way to get upward rotation of the shoulder blade and to kind of relax or or stretch at the same time the latissimus dorsi is to go to a wall and you're facing the wall and you put your arms on the wall overhead um, in pain free, uh, range and just move the arms slightly out to the side so you're making a, a, a not a, kind of like a like a v. fairly narrow v not mm-hmm. so wide you don't want to be too wide or you're going to have to use your muscles just to keep it from sliding down so you want the, the you know you don't want to have to uh you want the friction of the wall to hold your arm up so you don't want it super wide but a little wide
0: more like peace sign <laughs> Like a, yeah 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 like
1: a peace sign that's a no, good you know. um so and then you relax the arms completely that means the arms, starting with the, the the ball and socket joint down to the fingers. That that's what I mean. And then you just you think about shrugging or the shoulders, or you pretend like someone took their you had someone take their uh, their fingers around the lower part of the shoulder blade and just move that part upward. So you a lot of times someone will try to. I say, you know, or I see someone doing this slide where they try to, in the V-shape, slide their hand up the wall, you can tell they're using the arm muscle, the deltoid, um, when they really want to use the the shoulder blade to move the arm, not the arm to move the shoulder blade. Uh, When you go from a 90-degree shoulder flex position, which is the arm is parallel to the floor and, or horizontal, and you raise it, your arm overhead, so it's vertical, uh, about two, for every one degree of the arm moving on the shoulder blade, there should be two degrees of the shoulder blade moving on the rib cage, So you want to keep in mind that when you, yeah, you you want to, and you want
0: to move from the scapula. You want to move from the shoulder blade. So you, anybody can lift their arm and not even really move the shoulder blade much. But over time, if you continue to do that, you would be compressing um, stuff in there, connective tissue in the form of ligaments, tendons, and bursa. But instead, if you let the shoulder blade move on the back ribs, and then, like you said, the, the action is also happening at the ball and socket joint. Um, then you'll have this, what's called scapulohumeral rhythm. And so you're saying, come up against the wall, put your fingers, the pinkies on the wall, get them in this narrow V. And then, of course, you want your neck neutral, by the way, people, <laughs> you don't want the neck or chin out. Um, and then just let the hands just kind of sit, like sit into the fingers in a way and let the shoulders just, Yeah, you stay there like you're not trying to that's right. The shoulder blade moves
1: the arm, not vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, what you'll find is, um, uh, which which I think, um, I I find this all the time. Uh, I see patients come in sometimes, they've had physical therapy before, and sometimes they haven't. They've gotten exercises from the internet. And they weren't really well coached. And they say, well, I've, you know, for, let's say for gluteals, I've been doing clamshells and side leg lifts. It doesn't help. It doesn't. And I just asked them, show me what you've been doing. And it's, i never see them do it right. Right. Even it's, everybody
0: figures out compensatory strategies. So it can look like. And it's not doing. their fault. I mean, no, it's either it's like the therapist didn't pay the, attention mm-hmm. enough
1: or they, you know, it, it's really uh you gotta think about exercises aren't magic. If you haven't been using your glutes in everyday life, you're not suddenly gonna use your glutes in that exercise. Now, the exercises are designed, so they're special. If you do it correctly, it really emphasizes certain parts of your body, but so it's important how it feels. So that for the V shape, for the V slide, um, it's important that you feel the, the movement originate at the bottom of the shoulder blade, and it the movement travels up mm. to the arms and not vice versa. You're not, you're not you're
0: getting your arms up there and then yeah, tra- and feeling yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, you're
1: not pulling from the arms. So it's,
0: this brings into the question what what why the shoulder is not so simple. It is actually really elaborate. And like you said, there's four joints, but even more importantly, we want we want strength and we want stability and we want mobility. And then we want adaptability, so we want that neural firing to happen in this sequential way, so that it's you're you're recruiting the muscles that are um the, that are kind of made to do it. Like I was telling John earlier, it's I said this yesterday in my class um, when I was talking about the glutes and and then working some other muscles and the abdominals. It's like you want everyone to show up for practice for your team, and not any you don't want to have anybody sleeping in. And so the adaptability is that everything is kind of working in this um, collaborative way, so that there isn't there's there's an efficiency to it, and there isn't this um, overuse. And that's how overuse syndromes can happen. So when I would I would summarize it that with the scapula, you want to have movement. And you want to have the scapula be able to move in all the directions, so it needs to be able to lift up it needs to be able to pull in it need, needs to be able to draw um away, which is protraction and um and then and then really return to neutral is the the degree of depression. you don't want to really pull down much more than that. so those are different actions of the shoulder blade. What do you see in the shoulder when people have kind of this like sink like the shoulders just kind of hanging down it almost looks like a, it's called a slope shoulder is that something that's genetic or is that something that people can do something about
1: i find that that's a lot a lot of features are genetic but i feel that's mostly um uh, acquired um a, a sloped shoulder uh, i see quite a bit um if you look yeah. at let's say uh, a woman um and this is a frequent uh occurrence they have a longer neck on one side and they and their shoulders kind of like to have a hard time tell me keeping the bra strap on on that one side to say if it's downwardly rotated what that means if you look at the shoulder blade if i looked at her shoulder blade the shoulder the 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 inner edge of the shoulder blade should be pretty much parallel to the spine that means it should be the top of the shoulder blade and the bottom of the shoulder blade are pointing straight down is vertical uh, if you and is it's uh parallel to the spine uh, mm-hmm. uh, so a downwardly rotated scapula which that's the official name, and this is the most common. I, the slopy shoulder, slopy shoulder. Mm-hmm. The, the inner, um, the bottom shoulder blade is closer to the spine than the top of the shoulder blade. And so, what that means is, if you if I if you thought if you think about what I said about when you raise your arm overhead, you need about sixty degrees of upward rotation. That means the bottom part of the shoulder blade is rotating around the rib cage and up, A downwardly rotated shoulder blade to start with you're starting behind the finish line uh it's and and you're basically your upper trapezius muscles really elongated it can be painful but you it wouldn't be good to stretch it or
0: massage yeah this is, it at, will yeah, not this is help.
1: actually but what people will do shorten they, it yeah, and strengthen yeah. it and uh and and so um and it can lead to all hosts of problems. People who have that issue, what happens is when they try to raise their arm, you can just see that this arm is just moving. The shoulder blade hardly moves at all. And it just kind of stops. And then so and then their arm goes out to the side and of so straight up. They're trying to just move it any way they can. They tend to have very um a uh, painful necks, um, the you know yeah. the upper trap, and they you know try to stretch it a lot of times or massage it. It's not going to work because this is too long and it's strained, um, um, and and then they often have uh, tingling or nerve pain down the arm because. When the shoulder blade is downwardly rotated that way, some a lot of times the nerves coming off the neck and going down the arm get uh, either get pin- impinged between the collarbone and the first rib because of that space that that space is now more narrow than it should be. So you know sometimes. Um,
0: what are some things people with those conditions and slope shoulder should do when they have that? Because what I find is and this might be somebody out there like your your shoulders are sloped so they actually kind of look like they're almost like hanging right off of the neck you know the coming down from the neck but it actually feels like you need to stretch it because it's right. kind of chronically um um elongated and it's not uh doesn't have the strength to do the job of holding the humeral head up so it feels like, oh, I got to stretch it, I got to stretch it. And then you keep stretching it and nothing happens. Or it so, gets
1: worse. Right,
0: <laughs> yeah. So instead, you need to strengthen that area. And the upper trapezius, I think, is really, unfortunately, maligned as being like, you got to you know roll right. it out and stretch it out and yeah. dig it out. and yeah. But actually, it needs strengthening.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, for some people, of course, it could be overworked because the serratus is they're stiff in the ball and socket joint and their serratus doesn't work, so they triff. But a lot of people...
0: If they have that uh, appearance they have of shoulder, shoulder, like, yeah, that, they, they need upper traps. Not
1: only do they need to do that V, the wall, um, that shoulder blade shrug with a V shape on the wall, hands on the wall, but they also need to look at their posture. So a lot of times, uh, people will actively draw the shoulder blade down if they're like at a desk job and their seat's too uh, high or the desk too low. They'll do rest the forearm. Um, Sometimes that happens. Um, uh, sometimes they, you know, it's just various people. Re-
0: women will hold their purse on one side, That's and it's, right. so it's actively pulling that tissue down. Oh yes, and that actually is elongating. And we think, oh, we're just putting a lot of strain because of the weight, but we've actually we're kind of we're kind of lengthening it. Unfortunately, with the weight that we have on there, but not having the counterweight of or the counter force of lifting up with the upper trap, so. Yeah, and guys, and yeah. guys are
1: very, uh, there's not only the ladies, the guys, I see guys with huge traps. They work their traps, they work, you know, their pecs, they work their pecs, um, uh, and they have these sloped shoulders. So it's actually, and they have a heavy arms too. I mean, gravity conspires to pull the arm down. So the shoulder, the upper trap is if you actively kind of tend to, Work out the those uh, big muscles like the latissimus, the pecs that tend to depress and downward, downwardly rotate the shoulder blade. Um, it can it can be with guys too. Uh, pitchers tend to be very lat dominant in baseball, and they tend to have sloped shoulders a lot of times. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a very that's a very common issue, uh, and it goes to show that shoulders need to be individually analyzed. Yes, and uh, they're they, super
0: complex. They really are. Yeah. And yeah, so if, if somebody at, at their somebody's sitting at their desk all day, and obviously you can't. Everybody's different, but what do you think, generally speaking? people who are sitting a lot need to do for their shoulders and for their shoulder health?
1: A lot of times their their arms are going to be down Mm -hmm. and they might even be using a mouse or, you know, and they're actively, they might even actively be pressing down a little bit, um, even with using a mouse. So I would say that exercise where you go to the wall, face the wall and just slide up the wall and shrug the shoulders with the hands against the wall. Even just periodically, if you have no issues um, and you can raise your arms fine overhead, just periodically to maintain that,
0: raise your arms. And how about like grabbing a... um... The rim of a door frame or that's, something. Uh, yeah. That's yeah a really where good where thing. you can get like, some actually energy energy into it, but also get a little elongation for yeah, the lats. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, that's a good one. A grab, you know, a, grab, hang, the, yeah. a hang and that is a great stretch. And when
0: we say hang, you don't actually have to release your feet from the ground. You can just bend your knees and that's you're just gonna get the feeling of what a hang would be, but you yeah, hold that, your fingers a, on the great, door frame. Yeah.
1: Uh, what you don't, yeah, that's a great for the uh, lat. Uh, what you don't do, which I see a lot of people, this is for uh, if they're rounded. Mm-hmm. First of all, you try to maintain for a rounded shoulders. You should try if The first thing you do is try to maintain good posture.
0: Posture people. Uh, I it, mean, it, it, people who it, don't think posture is important are crazy.
1: You're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah. The, yeah. What,
0: what would you say about posture? Posture really... Posture, I
1: mean, again, it's the gate, it's a, it's a window into how you move. So, um, um,
0: a window into how you move. Right? So, yeah. yeah,
1: if you have bad posture, I, it, I almost I guarantee you're not going to move well.
0: So, at posture, okay, so yeah, uh, so people need to pay attention to posture. They and then do then the else? doorway stretch yeah.
1: where they put their arms on either side of the doorway or the corner of a room and lean forward. Uh, that's not good because you're just pushing Mm destabilizing yeah you're pushing the head of the arm bone the humerus, forward oh
0: my gosh so this sorry to interrupt you probably don't even know this pose because he doesn't practice yoga with anybody except me and i don't do it it's called puppy pose and it's where people like imagine a child child's pose Mm -hmm. i'm explaining this to john but anybody else who doesn't know it so your arms are out in front of you it's exactly what you're saying and then you people try to push their chest down to the floor Mm -hmm. right and so tell people why that's (laughs) I saw somebody doing that on Instagram who's a friend of mine and I just wrote her a message. I'm like, please don't do that anymore.
1: Well, I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, yeah, if you think about what's you try to push the shoulder, the chest to the floor, um, the shoulder blades are going to come back and in towards the spine. The Mm -hmm. arms aren't going to move that much is because the ground is preventing it. And, and then
0: the arm, if the, 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 the arms, it yeah. moves
1: backwards compared to a still shoulder, uh, that's the same thing as the shoulder going forward in the socket. So right. you're going to, again, you go back to...
0: You're pushing the humeral head into structures that um, are actually made to stabilize it. And you're kind of destabilizing. Yes, it.
1: yes. And you, you, I've
0: seen this. I've seen the result of this with teachers that have done that in Down Dog for years, and you yeah. literally see their humeral head in their armpit. Uh, it's yeah. horrible.
1: Ooh, oh yes, yes.
0: You see this hard ball, yeah, and it comes through the armpit yeah. when they're in Down Dog because yeah. they just sunk into it's their in Down the Dog.
1: Really hyperextend the oh, lumbar spine. It's awful. And, and, and you just yeah, you never want to just kind of sink into your joint tissues. Um, you want to elongate. The down dog is actually a great
0: right, pose. but it has to be active. If active. You, active. Yes, active. it has to be active and oh,
1: mm-hmm. you're lengthening towards the hips. You're not you're not pressing the chest down. No.
0: That's a cue that I've also heard. Press oh. your chest through your to your thighs and that is not a cue no. you no. should do. It's a lift of the front body into the back to stretch out those tissues and to keep the arm arms engaged in the very area we've been talking about, at the scapula, kind That's of where right. the roots are. You want to lift the ribs up. Think about this in down dog. If you sink your chest to the floor, guess what? A lot of people can do that. There's nothing admirable about it, and there certainly isn't anything you know, talented about it. It's just a sag into joint, but you're really getting into an area that you could um, do some damage to. And the reason being is talking about the scapula is searching for the rib it wants the rib so it can glide along it right Right. it needs that interface and when you sag your chest to the floor and down dog the scapula is like searching to be able to to have its um footing on the rib cage
1: yeah and you're yeah i mean uh, yeah (laughs) you're either going to move the rib cage away from the shoulder blade and or move the The Uh, the shoulder blade away from the humeral head i mean it's just um yeah Yeah. it's not so you know uh it's goldilocks too much flexibility this and or too little is not good you just want to find it just right and basically the ball has to stay in the center of the socket is it's you can have similar problems with the hip which is a deeper hip sock is a deeper uh is a deeper um, Ball socket, socket yeah. yeah uh but it's it's harder to mm-hmm. uh you know you can have a um, pinching of the uh the femur the head of the femur the leg bone the top of the sock or the front it's just harder to there's more intrinsic stability uh with with shoulders it really relies on a good 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 nervous system so it's not only strength and f- yeah, not yeah. too much flexibility, not too little. Not you. You have to actually coordinate. It's like it's a, adaptability. It's like, a, yeah. it's like a symphony or mm-hmm. orchestra. Things have to come into play at the right time, um, and it has to be yeah. So it, it's, yeah,
0: think about this. I often say this in my teacher training. Um, it's a great long quote from some um, orthopedic book, and essentially what the guy says is, imagine a a car with a trailer on back. You know, like if you were had a boat attached yeah. to it and then you have to back up that and all yeah. the things that, you know, you, you're backing up and all the things that you have to little steering wheel that you have to do that would negotiate that. Yeah. And then to reach your hand up, like, like what you've been talking about, reaching your fingers up toward the ceiling, just doing that action of lifting your arm up to the ceiling is the kind of neuromechanic equivalent of backing up. 10 trailers behind your car yeah like it's so many things that are have to be in this coordinated symphony happening and yes. we don't recognize it until something isn't working and well, like finally that's well i mean not that it's not working it hasn't been for a while but there's there's now like the nervous system um, gives you the result of pain
1: Yeah, I mean, and and the the big difference between that and that example is you actually have to learn how to to back up. Evolution has prepared the body to have a pretty, uh, you know, you don't have to learn so much. it's, it's already been done through if if you did if you had bad shoulder movement, uh, it would affect your ability to to reproduce and survive and stuff like that. So it's more like we've f- had
0: to unlearn it. We with we've monster yeah, yeah, modern I mean, day I, life. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: what I think the big thing is yeah. uh, you probably find very few people um, who lived a hunter and gatherer lifestyle who happened to live long enough who uh, uh, they they very rarely have uh, some of the, uh, the the postural stuff. I mean, they could get you know they probably get more likely to get killed or die in <laughs> child. But but right, they right. make it. They're they're usually they have a good feet. They uh, they don't. I seen yeah. I seen pictures I've seen African women who are eighty and they have superb posture. So they don't have
0: right if um, they're if that's their lifestyle, it's very different than ours. yeah. They right. just don't. They mm-hmm. they sitting
1: the the Western the you know um, kind of. Uh, first world country lifestyle of sitting a lot and uh and uh is very can be very detrimental to to our health of right. our muscles and joints. Yeah. So um, So
0: well that's all about the shoulder. There's a lot in there and I hope that really landed for you. We'll get into the hip next time. Clicking hip syndrome would be an amazing thing to cover. And as always, ask any questions about this particular episode. John is here for the third time and he is probably one of the most famous people I've interviewed <laughs> in terms of like I get the most questions for him people really love his his um, languaging and anatomy and understanding of the body and evolution and all that stuff so thank you for coming today and make sure that you uh, share this with friends and subscribe rate and review and take a screenshot of your review and send it to uh, podcast at movementbylara.com for a free class link and if you like that and you want more now, of course, you can get daily yoga classes with me on movementbylara.com um, going to our daily live class. And there's tons of stuff where I give you a lot of cues to uh, reinforce all this good mechanics because I want you to move well and feel well in your body and in your shoulder and in your spirit. So have a wonderful day. Thanks, John. Yeah,
1: thank you again.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Love to you all.
1: Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.